Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Well, Peterson kicks it off as he recaps what's going on with the Broncos' defensive coordinator search. Today, Vance Joseph is back in town. And he's going to be interviewing with the Broncos over at UC Health Center. No doubt having the time of his life. Make the case for Vance. Can you? Earlier today, you said, no, no, you're you're not interested in Vance. Mm. Is there any way you can make the case for Vance? Um... When John Elway hired Vance Joseph, he said he was a leader of men. All right. And when I watched football games, it didn't look like Vance Joseph had a really good grasp of, of the football team. It looked like it, it looked as if it was a free throw. Now, it didn't look as bad as it did these past 15 games last year under Nathaniel Hackett. But guys were proposing on the sidelines. Guys were doing kind of what they wanted to do. And Vance Joseph was never really empowered as the as a head coach for the Denver Broncos. So now with that being said, you know, I cannot think that it would be very much different as far as him being a rule setter or him now all of a sudden being this person that that's a hard ass or, hey, you know what, you can't do this or can't do that. People are, are we are what we are as human beings. So when I look at Vance Joseph, it all depends on now, does he connect with Sean Payton? What does Sean Payton looking for? Is Sean Payton looking for more of a, hey, I want you to do this, so you need to go do this? Where you have a little bit more control, where it's, hey, you're jumping on the defensive headset and you say, hey, I want you to play this defense in this situation right now. Or are you looking for somebody to kind of manage the whole entire defense that you completely trust? And that would be Rex Ryan for me. But in fairness to Vance, though, he has come a long way since he left here. Now, when he came here, he'd only been a defensive coordinator for one year. That's it. One year. Ugh. John, 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 Elway, why? But he, he fell in love with, with Vance, probably with because of the idea that he could control Vance. Yes. And so, but since then, Vance has been a defense coordinator for four years now. And he's got an opportunity to do it on his own. Right. right? So, Kingsbury has so, to manage so I, would, I would think that the Vance that we would be getting here would be a, a more mature more comfortable in his own skin about going out and and being the kind of coach that he wants to be. Plus, he'd be backed up by a, a coach who would most definitely be in command and would demand that the players respect all the coaches. Yeah, but here's al- but here's also the issue with that. Arizona was one of the worst scoring defenses last year in the National Football League. Had a little bit over twenty six points. They, they they was a second worst. So with that being said, now. How do you identify this guy and say, man, you know what? Let's go. 
with the Denver Broncos. You're you're taking a defense that was really, really good and pairing with a person that wasn't that good at all and oversaw his whole entire defense out there because Clinsbury was dealing with Kyle Murray, dealing with the offense. So Vance Joseph has got the opportunity the last four years to kind of grow and evolve, but it hasn't been enough. It has not been nowhere near enough. So for me, I can't make the case. And the icing on the cake, when I also start hearing about Rex Ryan, I want Rex. Yeah. I want sexy Rex. Yeah. I, 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 I want that. I want the guy that's been talking about Russell Wilson for the last year and bashing him and, you know, very fair assessments. I, I think that it would be great, um, a practice atmosphere where everybody has a chip on their shoulder, where now Russ is coming out there each and every day trying to embarrass Rex Ryan's defense and, and Rex is battle testing the heck out of Russ well, because it's funny you say that so I, I, I like that nice back and forth well that let's, would happen let's 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 kind of follow up on that theme I think you're on to something and so is your players club partner Nate Jackson mm. award-winning author Nate Jackson we are humbled to as, have up here at the station well to 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 admit that we write for the site denversports.com and then see Nate up there writing an article. It's kind of like oof. Amateur or <laughs> we Nate's very prepared and everything he, he does. Just comes and, he just comes and just we, says we, yeah, we you bow. guys think you guys that know mean, how to write. Mean, look, we're just here's how it's done. We're just, we're just hacks throwing stuff out there. Yeah. Here's a professional writer yes. that, that has actually, a plan. A New York bestseller. <laughs> exactly. And now we're he's writing for DenverSports.com. We are not worthy. How are we so lucky? We are not worthy. We are so So lucky. here's where he says that hiring Rex Ryan makes a lot of sense because Rex Ryan would also have a big role in fixing Russ. The idea being what you're talking about, that Rex would bring a, first of all, a style defensively, which is attack, attack, attack. Plus, he would bring an energy, a swagger to the defense That would be, we're competing every single day. Add to that, Sean Payton already saying, hey, it's not going to be patty cake training camp around here anymore. We're going to be out there practicing. We're going to be out there hitting to the the, as as much as we can. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to really challenge Russell Wilson. So if you're looking for ways to fix Russ and you're thinking, hey, maybe the presence of the defensive coordinator could make uh, uh, play a role in that? Mm-hmm. Yet another reason to bring aboard Rex. What do you think of that? Absolutely. 100% agree with it. Uh, Nate brought that question up yesterday while we are in the Players Club. And for me, that's where I kind of it pushed me over the top on, on Rex Ryan. Because the best football teams that I've ever been a part of is the teams that have push-pull. Last year, what we saw in training camp, Mike, you were out there. Defense kicked the offense butt every single day. It wasn't even close. Um, when I looked at, you know, the, the Super Bowl team that we were a part of, well, offense was a high-powered offense, but we battled against the defense every single day. There was push-pull. Now, our defense was decimated with injuries by the time we got to the postseason and the end of it all. But at the start of the year, there was that nice back and forth. With Russell Wilson and Rex Ryan, 
first of all, in just football, period, there's the only sport that I truly believe that everybody was a alpha at some point. And when you look at the coaches, the exact same thing. So everybody has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Everybody's not content with where they're at. Each and every day, you you go in there and you're trying to embarrass Mm -hmm. people. Like, Derek Wolf sits in here. Me and Wolf, many, many battles. Where if I could finish him and, and, and make him look horrible on film, I'm doing it. And vice versa. If he can make me look bad, because we're going to watch this later on. And you want your teammates to be like, yo, look what Wolf's doing. Look what O's doing on this play. So it creates that nice, competitive, back and forth nature. But now when you have that, the games become easier. Because you've already faced the best. You, you've went against it. You, you're battle tested. The pressure has been on throughout the week. It's not this patty cake situation each and every day. So it would create a situation that, man, hasn't been here with, in Bronco country for a long period of time. But also look at Russell Wilson when he won a Super Bowl. Look at Russell Wilson when he's played some of his best ball. Look at Russell Wilson when he gets back to a Super Bowl. That defense, the Legion of Boom, the best in the National Football League. Don't think that made him a better player? Absolutely. And and half those guys didn't even like him. We we see that now. But that battle back and forth each and every day. And when you're battling against the best each and every day and they're giving you everything that they got, when you walk into the game, it's easy. And by the way, they're being sort of, you know, incited and kind of of goaded by... Rex Ryan, yeah. who's out there and, and really oh, are you, are you stirring the pot in a good way. And, yeah, let's do it. And not only do I believe that Rex, Rex would do that to, to Russ, but I think Rex would do that to Sean Payton yeah. as well. I think it, it would be hey, great, I, challenging. And obviously, Sean Payton's at the top of this thing, and he's the one that's the leader of this. So it's not going to be any form of disrespect or anything no, like that. No, it's but competition. It, it's friendly competition where it's, you better come with it each and every day. Dude, after watching Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy, Patty Cake uh, the, the, the last year, to, to be able to have what you're describing would just be, oh, be such a breath of fresh air. By the way, who got the uh, who got the better of the battles? You or Derek Wolf? Who got the better? Who got the better? If you had to say, add them all up, uh, uh, who who wins who wins the tally? Um, I'd say me. I'd say me. Would he say that? I think he would say me as well because Wolf was very handcuffed in what he could do when he played with the Broncos. Okay. Um, You know, a lot of people don't realize this. Wolf covered a lot for Vaughn. Vaughn had the free will of kind of going inside, outside, and, and really just getting after the quarterback in certain situations. Now, what that did for Derek Wolf playing that four-eye or that five technique in, in their base three-four, it made him have to delay his pass rush where he never really got to cut it loose every single time. Because if Vaughn came up the field and then he spun inside, all of a sudden, Wolf, you now you have that responsibility to keep in contained and keeping the quarterback in. So Wolf was always kind of a step behind and waiting to see what Vaughn did. But that's also why Wolf is such a special human being because there's so many people that cannot do that. I tell people this all the time as well. The reason why I was a Broncos all-decade tackle wasn't because of my skill. wasn't because of Dave Magazoo who, who coached me up and, you know, sat there every single day and taught me my techniques. Because of Denver Broncos' defense. Going against Von Miller every day. Going against DeMarcus Ware every day. Going against Terrence Knighton. 
Like I was able to make a transition like that from left to, from right tackle to left guard in 2014, and then became one of the top five left guards in the league. Why? Because I went against Terrence Knighton every single day, and we competed our butts so off. So when you say that it makes that big of a difference, that now now I'm getting irritated. Now I'm even getting more annoyed at Nathaniel Hackett because you had at the start of last season you had a really good defense out there, mm. and you know what? If you had approached training camp the way that all the ex-players around here said you should have, you would have helped this offense that was trying to piece everything together. You would have given them a chance to get real work in. Yes. Real competition. Yes. And get better. And you blew off that opportunity. And I also believe because you, you wanted have, to do jog throughs. I also believe you would have had less injuries as well. Ah! So yes, you blew the opportunity. But when you practice against guys and you go up against guys each and every day, I tell people this all the time. In 2011, Mike, I thought the Broncos were going to cut me. I truly believed that I was going to be the first person in the history of the NFL as a second-round pick that was going to get released before the season started because I was lining up at right tackle, set hut, Vaughn would run right past me. There was days where I would go into one-on-ones and Dave Magazoo would tell me, go again, that's not what I'm teaching you to do. Miss the rep again, go again. Like there's times where I had to do seven reps in a row where other guys are just taking a knee watching me. And then I played against Dallas in preseason number one. And I realized that, no, Von Miller is just really, really good. Elvis Doomerville is just really, really good. I actually could play in this league. But knowing that as a rookie, finding that out two weeks into training camp, now I said for the next four years, I got to compete in practice. Because if I compete on Wednesday, I compete on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. On Sunday, I'm going against a lesser player. I could sleep on Saturday night. I could go into Sunday with my chest all puffed up and my head hell high because I was battle-tested throughout the week. Broncos weren't battle-tested last year. Don't worry, actually. If you go back and look at the history of second-round draft picks by the Denver Broncos, there was a stretch there. They had a stretch of second-round picks that... um, Trust me, dude. You were never oh, going to be as bad as them. Yeah. You were never going to be Paul Toviesi. But I also um, didn't. Mike Shanahan cut a second round or first round pick one year. Like didn't he draft somebody back in the day? And, and Nate was saying it yesterday. Like he drafted somebody, and that person didn't end up making the team that year or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'd have to go back and look. But don't worry. You were always going to be better than Terry Pierce. What was his story? There you go. There was There's, no, was no there story. There was no story. <laughs> there was no story. Uh, Terry ah. stories, there was no story. Uh, some of those second-round picks. Shanny, we love you, but to <laughs> Bowser Dropped picks. the ball. Dropped the ball. No doubt about that. More at DenverSports.com as Jake Shapiro writes about how a play that we saw a lot during the season and definitely during the Super Bowl is one that unless it is taken out, Sean Payton is like, I'm going to just use it all the time. So it's that quarterback sneak now, especially the way that the Eagles do it, where everybody gets in tight. It's like that that victory formation yes. when you're going to take a knee. Instead, everybody gets in tight, and then you just push into the line of scrimmage, it, the, the tush push. Yes. And here's Dan, Dean Blandino, the former head of, of officiating, said, quote, I was talking to Sean Payton during the Super Bowl. And he said, we're going to do this every time next season if they don't take it out. Mm. 
It amounts to a rugby scrum. The NFL wants to showcase the athleticism and skill of our athletes. This is just not a skillful play. This is just a tactic that is not an aesthetically pleasing play. And I think the competition committee is going to take a look at it. I can imagine how you, the offensive lineman, feel. But is it a play that needs to be taken out of the game? Absolutely not. How about defenses do better on second, and th- uh, first and second down? Don't put yourself in a situation where it's third and short. Yes, is it more of an advantage for the offense in that situation? Absolutely it is. I love how the Eagles are running that. that, But it shouldn't be a play. Why why are you taking it out? The quarterback sneaks have been in this game for many, many years, many different styles, right? Uh, Yeah, nothing like this. Hey, so what? It, It is a great football play. There's nothing illegal about it. Um, obviously, that's why the Eagles have went to it. And yes, it's a copycat league. More and more teams will go to it. Now it's up to these defensive coordinators and these gurus to figure out a way to stop it. That's what the NFL is all about. There's an action and then there's a reaction. How do you feel about the rule that we saw it a lot this year where it would appear that the ball carrier is stopped and then... Here come a couple guys. They start pushing the pile, and then the pile gets pushed another three, four, five yards. Love it because love you're working. Too. Love it because you're working your butt off. Offensive linemen working their butt off to get down the field. Wide receivers working their butt off to get to the to the football. They, you reward good behavior. You reward uh, a guy for going out there and saying, "Hey, that's not enough." You know, see the ball get thrown down the air. I'm sprinting 15 yards to try to see one. You know what? If I can push that pile and get an extra yard or two, but also just fall on the ball carrier because you never know what will happen. There could be fumbles. There could be uh, different things that that happen, um, turnovers, interceptions, maybe trying to make a tackle. I, I love it. You play through the whistle. Sometimes you, you might get in trouble because of it. I have been in trouble and got a late hit, unnecessary roughness, because in 2011, Lance Ball caught a check down, and we were playing against New England, and I was sprinted down the field, and Lance looked like he was like trying to get an extra yard, and a DB was coming up and looked like he was going to hit him. So I smoked him, but apparently the whistle was blown, and I got a $10,000 fine because of it. But... I've never changed my style of my play because of it. So I, I love it. You you award guys for that. That's a good thing. That's guys playing through the whistle. Okay. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, because what you're, what you're basically saying now is, uh, is it a play that you can defend? Is it a play that is you, you can, can is, If it's third and one, fourth and one, and you do this kind of play, mm. can you stop it? Well, it's gonna, you're going to create a pile. Right. That's what's. That's what we're going to see. Defensive linemen now creating a pile, and everybody's cutting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember back in the day with uh, Tampa Bay, how Tampa Bay's defense, even if you were losing when you were taking a knee, how they would just kind of was that Greg Schiano? I think yes, was, yes, yes. They, they were just like yep. submarine, and yep. they're like they're dang near tackling you. I remember Peyton. They did that against us one time. We were up by like twenty on them at the end of the game. And Peyton was like, okay, I'm going to shotgun, guys, after that play, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Or, or you had to make an adjustment. So this play, the tush-push or whatever we're calling it, the quarterback sneak, I could imagine that what we'll see now is 
defensive coordinators will tell their defensive line, they'll bring them in really tight, and they'll cut the heck out of the offensive lineman and create a pile and say, hey, linebackers, instead of lining up at four yards depth or five yards depth, you're going to be kind of at two to go over the pile now because there's a second surge. That's why this play is such an issue because you have a surge of offensive linemen, yeah. but then you have a second surge with right. the quarterback and, and your two, the two guys. guys yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, there's going to have to be a way to create a second surge for the defense, and that would be defensive line, cut the heck out of the offensive line, create a pile, linebackers come up over the top and, and try to eject the when quarterback When I see those backwards. big scrums and the pile gets pushed, the running back gets pushed, you know, three, four yards, I'm always kind of amazed because I'm thinking – if if it must be fun if you're like one of the last guys to the pile and you just get to slam yourself in there and push. But if I'm if I'm Orlando Franklin and I'm in there in the initial part of the the blocking and the scrum is going, the scrum is going, and then one of my three hundred pound teammates comes just plowing into the pile behind me, mm. I would think that hurts a little bit. Yeah, well, I don't think that stings. Well, no, ouch. For the offensive line, it's it's kind of like a V, right? So you're all stepping down and you're getting in tight. So you really don't get hit by your teammates. It's just about going vertical at that point. There's no technique to it. You're not even using your hands. It's set hut, Mike, and you're kind of diving in there head first and just trying to move your feet as much as possible in that situation. Well, one thing we know about the NFL, this is what I love about the NFL. If if they think it's going to be, if there's anything going on in their game that they think is going to hurt, especially the offense, by the way, uh, or take away from the entertainment value for the fans, they'll change a rule immediately, which mm-hmm. is what I love as compared to other sports baseball uh, that just, just, Drags their feet in, in changing rules that need to be changed. I was a part of a rule change. You? Yeah. What'd you do? Um, so my rookie year here, and go back and check this out, Mike. What we, me and Manny Ramirez on field goal, what we used to do, whether it was extra point or field goal, didn't matter. Whoever lined up in the B gap, we were going to flip him. Yeah. We were literally going to pick him up and flip him over, whether he liked it or not. <laughs> So whether he jumped and it now becomes easy to flip him because yeah. all you were doing is kind of standing up and, and lifting his legs up. Right. Or we were just going to sit there, me and Manny Ramirez on set hut, put our hands out. And then if it was one person, I was going to grab one leg. Manny was going to grab one leg. And we were going to literally pick him up, flip him over on his back. And then Manny or me or sometimes even both of us, we were going to then fall on him and sit on him on the plate. <laughs> Uh, we did this every single week. We did this so much that an offensive lineman, we, Greg Olson, was playing here. He was in training camp in 2011. He went to the Saints. He's from Notre Dame. He was like, we saw us before the game. He's like, what the heck are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> we just watched special teams yesterday, and w- w- you guys are flipping everybody. What in the world? So made it a whole entire year. Showed up for OTAs, and anyway. that was on the that was the first thing that was on the video from the league. This will no longer be allowed, man. And er, this is a film that gets sent all yeah, around right. the league. So Everyone's looking at you. all thirty-two teams. Yeah. And the play that they're talking about, it was me and Manny Ramirez. All there was about six examples of it, and it was all me and Manny. <laughs> now they're on this example. You renegade, you. <laughs> One more. <laughs> Jake Shapiro, this is fun. This is a fun little number. So if you had put 100 bucks down on Nikola Jokic to win the MVP in 2021, took your winnings, and bet on Jokic to win the MVP again in 2022, took those winnings, and then put them 
on him to win the MVP this year? You know how much you could win with that uh, initial $100? Hmm. $405,000. Wow. Great cash, homie. Wow, you got to let the dice roll three times, though, huh? How did Zach Biden not think of this? Yeah. Or Stoke. <laughs> or Stoke, right? Yeah. But That's this, a nice little come up. This is, this is a, not a surprise, because those of us who've been paying attention to it here know that Nikola Jokic is, is running away with the MVP voting, um, and that it would be just flat-out larceny to, uh, to not vote him the MVP. But according to ESPN's latest straw poll uh, run by Tim... Uh, bond temps, and this is regarded as the most uh, legitimate of all the s- straw polls that are done. That Jokic has separated himself from the pack and is a clear favorite uh, to win his third straight MVP. And even ESPN, deservedly so. Even ESPN, which is desperately, desperately, the last two years tried to promote the candidacy of anybody but Jokic, they're not even doing that this year because they know. It's, it's a helpless. Inevitable. It's inevitable. It's helpless. They've already tried to do the Nikola Jokic smear campaign That's right. for two years, and, and it failed. did not work. Nope. Nope. Paxton Lynch is saying, if only I could have had that same kind of luck. <laughs> All right, that's what's uh, going on at denversports.com. Check it out. Free content to you. Always updated throughout the course of the day. Check it out. It's an Is It Just Me Friday. A lot to react to. Lot to uh, get off your chest. We'll do that next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bathfitter. Bathfitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why is this that you're so. You're so. Big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big, 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 huge. Oh, man, I love the text on a Friday. Is it just me Friday? People getting loose. The opinions are always there, but the snark factor seems to go up a little higher on a Friday. So here we go. <laughs> this one person sent in two. I got to read them both. They're both great. Is it just me or Rex Ryan has been gone too long on the sideline? He's egotistic. He's egotistical besides. What has he won? Mm. My choice is Vance Joseph or bring back Wade Phillips. Well, what has Vance Joseph won? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think Wade would be a strong well, the candidate The idea is that Vance well. Joseph is more, more, more current. Yeah, I think Wade would be a strong candidate as well. But um, defense doesn't change. You know, as, as a defensive-minded coach... The coverages, they, they stay the same. Um, the players change, right? And for me, when you look at Vance Joseph over Rex Ryan, the big question would be is, what would you do with the players that we have right now? How, how do you get the best out of them? You know, what's your plan? Do we, do we have to have Draymond Jones? Do we have to franchise tag him? Do, what do we need to exactly do? Can we franchise tag him and trade him, you know, and get some good value for him? There's all these different questions that you're asking Vance Joseph or Rex Ryan. What of the two, let's say these two are the leading candidates. Yeah. For the personnel that the Broncos have right now on defense, whose style does that fit with? Easier, you know what I mean? Because if 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 the, if one guy has a style that doesn't really fit 
the personnel you have, then you're looking at a major roster overhaul. Yeah. Is there one or the other where there's more of a seamless fit? I think in today's NFL, it really doesn't matter, to be honest with you, Mike, because offense could just trot three wide receivers out there. you got to go nickel. doesn't matter whether you're a 3-4 base team or a 4-3 base team. As soon as you three see three wide receivers out there and they're in their 11 personnel, you're going nickel in today's NFL. You're not going to have you know three linebackers out there in that situation if you're a four-three defense, and you're certainly not going to have you know three defensive linemen and four linebackers out there if you're a three-four defense. So I don't think that that really matters in that sense. I think it's more of a hey, who's going to motivate these guys, and also for me, why I continue to say Rex, Rex, Rex. Is Rex is a very aggressive coach. And if you, you're banking on Sean Payton scoring a lot of points and you mix that now with an aggressive defensive coach also that's been around the league a time or two, man, like Bronco country, we should be extremely happy on Sundays. Mm-hmm. We should be, you know, smiling ear to ear come Monday morning. It, Back in the day, right, the 2015 season, the no-fly zone. How fun was that week in, week out? The Peyton and that man in there, how fun was that? How fun was it those five years from 2011 to 2015? Five AFC West championships. Dude, the more time goes by, the more I think that that was a dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Five times at least a second round in the playoffs. Yeah. Five years in a the row. The idea that I could sit Two down. Super Bowl The chances. idea that I could sit down for a Broncos game knowing that they were going to score 30 or more points. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Those days existed? Yeah. They they seem so long ago. I, and, Almost like a mirage. Yeah. And for me, I also, that, that what takes the cake is Rex has done it at a high level with Mark Sanchez. Yes. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Rex has the done Sanchez. it at, not only as a high level with Mark Sanchez, he also went on the road for, yes. and won four, yes. four playoff games. Yes. Didn't, and it told Bill Parcells he's not, or excuse me, Bill Belichick, he's not here to kiss his rings. Yeah. That's an attitude I want around here. Doing that okay? in, in the Jets. Remember, he was the head coach of yes. the Jets. Yes. He had to play New England twice a year. He had to go against Bill Belichick. He had to go against Tom Brady, right? The Wonder Boy. And, and now, what, why wouldn't you want to create the same situation? He's already done it. Oh, He's I, already been at the top of it all where, hey, it was all about the Patriots. Right now, it's all about the Chiefs. I, all I've, I've heard from, and there have been some, uh, some of my teammates here at the fan who have been like, oh, Sean Payton talks too much. Sean Payton's too much about the limelight. Sean Payton's got too much bluster. Oh, Rex Ryan would be more of the same. I want more swagger here. Yeah. I want more attitude. Okay, I'm tired of being the pansy. I'm tired of being the patsy. I'm tired of being, hey, football's fun. Yay. You know, I I want some swagger. I want some attitude. We're tired of hiding. Broncos country's been hiding the last couple years. I'm tired. You know what I'm tired of? Players in the league taking shots at the Broncos. Yeah. Um, Justin Tucker talking about, I don't know if Lamar was doing high knees right, and nope, right, or even flocks right, less fly. Right. I'm tired of that being the laughing stock of the National Football League. And I just really believe that the best possible thing that could come out of the Rex Ryan situation is he motivates that offense every single day because I know he's chirping that offense. Yep. I know he's getting that after Russell Wilson. And 
Rex Ryan, in my opinion, will better battle test Russell Wilson and this offense. You know, when the Broncos have a joint practice with another team, Mm. especially if they do it on the road, right? And I want the Broncos, led by Sean Payton and and Rex Ryan and Mike West, I want them to come off the bus like the 49ers did a few years ago where they came off the bus and we're all sitting there going like, whoa, yeah. Look, whoa, these guys are like a force of nature. Look at the energy. It was just, it was palpable. You could, you could feel it. You could see it. That's what I want with the Broncos that have been, that's been missing around here for that so years. I waver in confidence. I want, I want confidence bordering on arrogance. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Here's another one. Is it just me? Oh, hold on a second. Refresh a little bit. Is it just me go. or is Mike it, tripping? Is it just me or is Evans way off when he tries to tell us that the Avs have no competition in the West if they even make the playoffs? That's from DJ. First of all, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay? As, as up and down as they've been, they're still in the playoff picture right now. And I'm very confident in these guys being able to uh, create enough space so that they make the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, but when did you say that they weren't that there wasn't competition in the West? Who is it? Tell me, For, t- give me the team. So last year, last year I said, and I caught a whole lot of grief from everybody, led by Johnny Fever back there, who kept playing the drop. When I said the Avalanche would cruise through the Western Conference part of the playoffs, the only team that gave me pause was St. Louis. Well, Dixie, no. As it turned out, the only team that showed up and gave the Avs any kind of a workout was St. Louis. St. Louis is no longer St. Louis. They're already selling pieces off. They'll continue to sell pieces off. So St. Louis is now out of the picture. So. Go ahead. I know you're looking at the standings right now. Tell me the team right now in the West that you say, I really think this team could beat the Avalanche four times. Mm. Four times in a best of seven. Name that team because I don't see it. Here's my thing, right? This team has been riddled with injuries. We've seen this, the Avalanche be called the uh, Colorado Eagles at a point this year. Mm -hmm. And we've seen the lack of consistency of this hockey team. So for me... I'm not ready to crown the Avs. I'm not ready to say that they're going to blow through anybody okay, because but, I have not seen it yet. But give me that you year. still haven't you haven't answered my question. Name the team that scares you. Um, da- Dallas always scares me. Mm. Dallas, listen, okay, listen, okay, okay. okay Dallas okay. always scares me if they're able to implement their game. Okay, if they're able to be physical, if they're able to come out and say we're going to take your lunch money. Last year, remember. Mission 16W happened because Betsy said the heck with this. We're not going to change our style to your traditional way of the postseason and how you're supposed to play in the postseason in the NHL. When you have a team that's already riddled with injuries and you go up against a team that can bring physicality and that's what they try to do each and every night, I'm scared because there's fragile bodies out there. Still got to do it four times, though. Yes, still got to do it four four times. times. But the avalanche hasn't shown me anything where I'm saying, oh, my goodness gracious, we're going to cruise through this thing. I'm still waiting for them to build that continuity. I'm still I'm, like I'm praising them the other night for how they beat the wild because the wild had their number. They wild came out throwing haymakers. And yes, your stood on his head and absolutely took that one for the avalanche. But you see how this team looks drastically different without EJ in the lineup the other night and, and Kale yes, McCarr in the lineup. I am. I am Part of this is on you're the just banking on their being that healthy. That they're going to have most, if all, and I'm even. By the way, I'm not even counting on Gabe Landeskog for the playoffs. Okay, mm. so as I sit here right now, I'm not counting on Gabe. No, Landy. Okay. I'm not counting on Landy being Landy. 
Okay? okay. So even taking him out of the equation right now, name me the team that you think has the either the brawn, the toughness, the goaltending, the skill, whatever, to beat this team if they are basically, you know, 95% whole, beat this team four times. Dallas going to do it? Nope. Winnipeg? Nope. Minnesota? Please. But you're going also on the assumption that the Kraken? You're also going on the assumption that the Avs are going to be able to implement their game. This year looks drastically different than last year. They haven't been able to implement their game night in, night out. Now, if they are able to, they cruise to the Stanley Cup. They're back in it. But if a team like Dallas says, hey, we're going to run through Kel McCarr's face, we're going to beat up Nathan McKinnon, now all of a sudden there's, there's questions. Teams tried to I, beat them up last year, and they just skated around. That's you know? last year. I, I, it's I, a completely different I, team. I don't, I don't think I, so. Oh, I don't think so. You don't think it's a I, not not if team? if you if you're telling me everybody's back except for Landeskog, it's the same team basically. Really? Yes. This Avalanche team is the same team as last year. Mike, I know we're in Colorado, but I, you need to lay off this Colorado stuff. Oh. <laughs> I like legal weed. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh, that's good. I like that. All right. Guy Fever, I know you want to play it. Dixie! Yeah, no. okay. Uh, there is another, th- this guy sent in one, is it just me, that I really like, but he had another one that I wanted to wait until we're just about ready for the Players Club, because it involves all three of you. We'll get to that coming up next. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Orlando saying first stink. Apparently... The swagger that I would like to see Sean Payton Rex Ryan bring to the Broncos is in uh, short supply when it comes to Avalanche fans out there. Mm. What happened to the swagger? When I'm sitting here saying the Avalanche, even if they get everybody back, even if they don't have Landeskog, they're still going to be the best team in the West. Because I don't see a team in the West right now that can beat them four times. Mm. Now, if you're talking about winning the Stanley Cup, that's gracious. Well, okay, go back to what I said. This I said, if you get everybody back except for Landeskog, okay? That, that's the first part of the statement. Mm. If you get everybody back, okay? That has to happen. And it should be able to happen. Secondly, you don't have Kadri. I promise you. That the Joe Sackett, Chris McFarlane-led front office understands that they are in a championship window right now. And if there is a hole on this hockey team, second-line center, that they feel needs to be filled, that they're not confident can be filled with what they have right now, they will go out and address it. Mm. So I'm counting, when I talk about the Avs' chances... I'm already factoring in somebody who's not here yet that will be here and will make a significant difference. You and I both love the idea of Ryan Mm O'Reilly. If all of a sudden Ryan O'Reilly is your second-line center, how are you feeling now? And McCarr's back and Manson's back and these guys are back. Even if Landeskog isn't back, I will put that team up against anybody in the West and have no problem doing so. And for the texter says, you're wrong, which team is scared of the Avalanche right now? If the Avalanche got in as a 7th or 8th seed, and you're one of those teams that finish first in your division, and mm. you draw the Avs in the first round, mm. you're like, oh, bleep. Seriously? 
So here's here here. Here's, All right, so you can here's that my part. thing, right? Here here is my thing, right? Um. All, all year, right? Obviously, Kadri. I, I believe Kadri was the heart and soul of that last year's hockey team, hands down. I, I hated to see him go. I, I thought that, you know, Sackett and McFarland, they, they should have mo- moved on from Samuel Girard. I get it. Unique defenseman. He could score. But at the same time, he's been hurt the last couple of years. And the book's out on Girard, right? Run through his face, and he's going to get banged up. Um so you have that lack of 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 that you know chip on the shoulder, you know that 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 grit that Kadri brought to this hockey team, that leadership, right? So that's not here. That hasn't been filled. That second line center position has not been filled, like you just talked about it. Um, injuries, injuries have plagued this hockey team this year. This team has Nutrishkin. I remember at the start of the year, I said, man, this guy's going to be top ten. At the end of the year. Yep. And he just has not been able to stay healthy. Right. So what we have seen is the production of other players. Right. Where you've seen Miko Ratton and just absolutely go out there and play like a stud. What scares me this year is the slow start of Kale McCarr that started off slow. You know, and then took a while for him to get his, his first goal. But also the, the in and out of, of him being in the lineup. And this team is drastically different when you don't have Makar and Devontae's together, right? We saw that even a couple nights ago, you know, when Makar was out and EJ was out as well. You know, Georgiev went out there and stole one against the Wild. So I started looking at those things. But here is the two outline factors why this team is not, why this team is nowhere near what it was last year. The inconsistency of the third and fourth line. That was one thing that we didn't have to worry about last year. Man, I felt really good about this hockey team watching the the third and fourth line and the production that we're able to get out of them night in, night out. It's not here this year. And you would be an absolute fool to think that it is here because it's not. Because you're asking some guys who should be third and fourth liners to play up a, a line. Yeah. That's why you have to go out and you have to address the second line center through trade. Yes. Once you do that, then everybody else slots back down to where they belong. Okay. So the last thing now, mm-hmm. their inability to win faceoffs. Yeah, what, they were, Ka- eh. what Kadri brought? They weren't a great, great face-off team last year. Hey, when it mattered the most, and because of how this team plays, especially last year in the postseason, uh, a lot more of those went their way than than the other team's way. And now you're able to put that pressure on that team because for the absence, okay, win the face-off, okay, we're past the blue line, okay, we're getting a shot on net. The Goaltender doesn't even know what what's hit him. He, he can't even track the puck. And if it doesn't go in off the first shot, there's a rebound now to go for the second shot. And it's just shots on net. This team is drastically different. Now, do I believe that this team could win a Stanley Cup? Absolutely, I believe that they could win a Stanley Cup. But I haven't seen anything this year at all that gives me confidence that the Avs in are going to, when they get to the postseason, play and win those 16 games the style that we saw last year. we got twenty about 26, 27 games left to go in the regular season. Still got the trade deadline coming up in about, what, uh, March 9th, I think, is the, is the trade deadline. So th- we're still in the dog days. 
and the Avalanche know they're in the dog days. Mm. Don't worry. Once they get past the trade deadline, make a significant move at the trade deadline, start to see the light at the end of the long, long tunnel that is this regular season. I'm telling you. Mm. I'm telling you. Once they go into the playoffs, you're going to be like, Evans, you were right. There's nobody in the West that can beat them for hey, I feel like you're being very optimistic. I'm, I'm a be, part I'm of being the, realistic. You got to be. I'm you got to show me. Realistic. You got to show me. All right, fine. They haven't showed me yet. Last, is it just me? Is it just me, or listening to the players' club? They've been gone too long from their play days. They're out of touch now. <laughs> so I will drop that in We've your lap. Been gone, slap. Too many days. And We're out of touch now. Yeah, that's that's what the texture says. Mm. You guys are uh, dinosaurs coming for everybody. You're dinosaurs. Yeah, it is what it is. Keep your text coming in. <laughs> Don't care. Uh, I get this text from this one person that always says, "Orlando, why did you get fired by the Niners? Never got fired by the Niners. Walked away." But he's also asking today to please tell Orlando to take the donut out of his mouth. Whoa. Whoa. I have no idea. Whoa. Yeah. What's that all about? Uh, I, I, I guess Relax. this person has a problem with me and how I speak. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. It, it, don't, don't. It, it's, it's, it's like social media. It, it's, sometimes it's a cesspool, okay? We love our listeners, but don't, don't. Yeah. Don't let them get to Twitter. You. Oh, no, no, no. They're, they're trying yeah. to. <laughs> Yeah. Get to me. <laughs> I know. Who's going to get to you? Oh, man. Come on now. Uh, look, I, I read this person's text, and he brings no value. There's literally nothing <laughs> oh, that, that the person oh, says that snap is, back. A val- is a snap value. Snap back. Clap back. You bring no value. No, no, no clap back. It's I'm just being a realist. The Players Club. Those dinosaurs. Too we're, far removed from their playing days. If we're dinosaurs, what is, like, Mark Schlereth? But, what, what, but, are, what are you, Mike? But, hey, you know, you texture that said that. You know, I'm sure that your football career was vaunted. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I'm sure you accomplished so much more than Chad Brown, Nate Jackson, or Orlando Franklin. That is it. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week. The Players Club coming up next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits.